starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Do you think white people in this country, and I'm talking about non-segregationists, people devoid or thinking they're devoid of racism, do you have any idea of what they want the Negro to be in America? Well, it depends on the level that we are talking here, uh, because I think you have to make a distinction between the people who are genuinely and absolutely committed in the white community on the question of of racial equality. And I must confess that I think they are a very small minority. I think the vast majority of white Americans uh, will go but so far. It's a kind of installment plan for equality. And uh, they are always looking for an excuse uh, to go but so far. Why are they looking for the excuse? What is it about the Negro? I mean, every other group that came as an immigrant, somehow, not easily, but somehow got around it. Is it just the fact that Negroes are black? That's a part of it, and growing, that grows out of something else. You can't thingify anything without depersonalizing that something. If you use something as a means to an end, at that moment you make it a thing and you depersonalize it. The fact is that the Negro was a slave in this country for 244 years. A willful thing that was done, the Negro was brought here in chains, treated in very inhuman fashion, and this led to the thingification of the Negro. So he was not looked upon as a person, he was not looked upon as a human being with the same uh, status and worth as other human beings. And the other thing is that human beings cannot continue to do wrong without eventually uh, rationalizing that wrong. So slavery was justified morally, biologically, uh, theoretically, scientifically, everything else. And it seems to me that white America must see that no other ethnic group has been a slave on American soil. Uh, that is one thing that other immigrant groups haven't had to face. The other thing is that the color became a stigma. American society made the Negro's color a stigma. And uh, that can never be uh, overlooked. So I think these things are absolutely necessary. The other thing is that America freed the slaves in 1863 through the Emancipation Proclamation of Abraham Lincoln, but gave the slaves no land or nothing in reality, and as a matter of fact, to, to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from Europe an economic base. 
and yet it refused to give its black peasants from Africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years any kind of economic base. And so emancipation for the Negro was really freedom to hunger. It was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven. It was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate, and therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time. And when white Americans tell the Negro to lift himself by his own bootstraps, they don't look over the legacy of slavery and segregation. I believe we ought to do all we can and seek to lift ourselves by our own bootstraps. But uh, it's a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And many Negroes, by the thousands and millions, have been left bootless as a result of all of these years of oppression and as a result of a society that deliberately made his color a stigma and something worthless and degrading. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Turning a Moment into a Movement. I am Jay Love, and I'm going to, we have a special edition today. Hey, Revitia. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so wonderful. I'm okay. wonderful, Jay. I'm glad to be here. And um, you were talking about the special edition. Yes, that's today. This is the King Holiday edition. And so we just want to come on today to to talk about, you know, Dr. King's legacy, um, what we should be doing other than posting quotes this, you know, this weekend or and also talk about what's going on here in Michigan with our, uh, with the justices of the Michigan Supreme Court. And with that note, I'm going to also bring on Attorney Pam. Hi. Hey, how are you? How are you? Hi, Reverend Littleton. How are you? Oh, oh I'm wonderful. So glad to see you. You as well. Introduce yourself, just so uh, you know, um, so our audience, just in case they don't know you, just who you are, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Thank you for having me. First of all, my name is attorney Pamela Campbell. I am an attorney here in the great state of Michigan. And right now my area is focusing on a lot of wrongful convictions and both um, helping them get out and then the federal civil portion as well. Yes. So, Thank you for joining us. What did you guys think about, you know, the video that I just played uh, with Dr. King, considering and, and we, you know, considering everything that's going on right now? I think I think it's uh, it's timely. Mm -hmm. it's, it's timeless because it's right now, you know, and um, understanding the fact that we are not immigrants. Mm -hmm. Immigrants choose to come. Mm -hmm. Immigrants choose to take a journey. Uh, and some of us, not only were we not immigrants, <laughs> some of us were already here. Mm -hmm. Many of us were already here. And so that's a whole nother story. How do, what do you do when someone comes and they take your land? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you do when they take you from your land? You know, so we had it both ways. Um, and I, I think that today it's how do we apply the knowledge from the past into today? Yeah. How do we apply that knowledge? And he was very bold when he spoke. 
he was very bold when he spoke and, and many people were back then mm -hmm. so how do we take that today and apply it and what do we do today yes. what does today's movement what is it going to look like how do we change policy how do we make it count and how do we do it in our own families exactly and I think also, you know, as we discuss, you know, the um, Justice Bernstein and the things that he said, you know, this week, those those words that Dr. King was saying then applies, also applies today, you know, applies now, you know, when he says like everyone, you know, everybody's not an ally, you know, even though they pretend to be or want to be or so, you know, we have to um, choose wisely. Yeah. Choose wisely. Mm -hmm. So I see that um, Trisha is here. Hey, greetings, Trisha. Um, so, um, Rabatia and um, attorney uh, Pamela Campbell, let's talk about, you know, the how you guys felt about what was, what's been going on this week. Go ahead. Oh, me, me, me. No. <laughs> yes. When I first went with with um with Justice Bernstein, when I first read it, I just I had to read it more than one time because I just couldn't even believe that you ran with someone in order to make sure that you solidified your spot, and then this same someone. You out of all the people on the bench, you were the one. To, and but prior to this, from a a plaintiff standpoint, civilly, I think that his opinions have been decent. I think that he's had some decent opinions. I'm not going to take that away from him, but it seems to your real feelings tend to come up. And in the legal realm, like I went to school with people that had records and they're currently practicing. There are a lot of attorneys that have records and you know this, Justice Bernstein. So why would you call this person out knowing that as long as you know even your fellow brother councils and sister councils that some of them have records and they've had a second chance and in fact your father is a part on a disciplinary board who usually goes for allowing people to get their license reinstated mm -hmm. so i'm not understanding mm -hmm where he was i mean it just can't and then to come back you know after it was an uproar then all of a sudden you want to apologize nobody's looking at your apology like no you show who you really were and um i applaud all of the people that came forward and the organizations that had letters and they let them know like no we're not standing for this mm -hmm. now on the flip side i did have a problem i'm going to be perfectly honest it may be an unpopular opinion but I did have a problem, and I think I told Jay Love this. I did not like the way it seemed that Bolden just folded like that. I really had an issue with that because I understand that Governor Whitmer is putting black people on first blacks, you know, black person for this and black on the bench. They she did it in Macomb County, and she's obviously done it to the Supreme Court. But your statement could have been, well, I respect his decision. But the door is open for you to come and still work here if you want to. That's how I felt like the statement should have went, because you have a power now being in the Supreme Court to make laws. And now you're concerning me 
that if you're faced with a real tough decision and you got people coming at you, and this was one justice coming at you, that you're going to somewhat fold. So that mm -hmm. bothered me as an attorney because you're going to have to, like, if we don't have statutory law, then it turns into case law. So our Supreme Court, that law becomes precedent in a lot of our cases. So mm -hmm. if you have your colleagues that say, oh, no, we don't want to give them discovery which is something i'm dealing with now on an incarcerated person we don't want to give you discovery um because we feel like you should have got that back in the day that's not new evidence mm -hmm. you're not going to have the boldness to say no but as a prosecutor you have you have an obligation an ethical obligation to make sure that if there's anything that's exculpatory you need to make sure that these these people that's incarcerated yeah you you're supposed to make sure that the guilty don't escape but you also have to make sure that the innocent aren't wrongfully incarcerated as well mm -hmm. so i need you to be able to stand up regardless even if you, even if you do a dissent your dissent may later become the main opinion later on which happens a lot so mm -hmm. that kind of concerned me too like i understand you know people were telling me but pam she, he said that he didn't want to be a distraction that's fine but still you should have left the door open to let him know you're not going to bully me in this seat exactly mm -hmm. i feel that too i mm -hmm. feel that because she's sitting in a a first black woman's position she you know and and even though you know that shouldn't be a thing in 2023 that is a thing it is a yeah. thing and so and then also too it was almost she, like he was bullying her like he was so upset he said he was disgusted Mm -hmm. And then he didn't even take time to speak with her to have a conversation. He took it straight to the media, which I have a problem with. So he, the intention of bullying was there. And if you don't stand up, if you don't stand up, then they're going to constantly, you know, find ways to do something or shake you or force you or question, always question always your opinion. Your opinion. Mm -hmm. So... Don't yeah, and um, and what's oh, interesting okay. is there were other oh, justices. I think it was McCormick who stood up for him. Like, how is she standing up for him? But you're this is the person you were gonna hire, and you don't stand up for him. So, I just and then like I said, his his uh, Bernstein's apology just means absolutely nothing to me. I mean, honestly, it was like, no, you got pushed in the corner because you were real bold to go to the paper and say and put this man's back. What if all of us didn't mm -hmm. even know anything? You tried to shame him. Yeah. What if we didn't know anything about his background? We just looked at his good work. And whoever knows about the clerk? <laughs> what? She said, it, she said it on a Zoom that nobody ever knows about the clerks. Clerk. So it this was intentional. Yeah. Yep. So, and this weekend, and it's so... That is coming in this weekend of Dr. King. And so, you know, as we tap into our King consciousness and be a king, this is a great time. You know, it's the time for us to stand up and have these conversations and be real about how it affects you. And don't an apology. I don't know if that's what we're looking for right now. No. I think we have to call people out and have them take responsibility for the words that they say. Hi, um, Trisha Duckworth. 
call people out. Jay, you can't call people out. <laughs> you call people out. Oh my goodness. You're gonna be deemed the worst thing ever. No, how y'all doing? Um <laughs> I came in the conversation late. My apologies for being late. Uh, this is a very important conversation, but you just all of y'all just said something I just want to piggyback on, right? Jay, we in Martin Luther King weekend, right? I'm so sick of I don't know if y'all seen my post the other day. If you ain't did nothing to uplift black people all year long, go to work. <laughs> don't even take just look, don't even take the day out. We don't need your one day consciousness right now, right? We need life-changing consciousness that daily yeah. is going to challenge itself, you know, to build racial equity within our communities. That's what we need, right? And I think about what just happened here. What we what we watched unfold before our eyes, mm. it ain't nothing new. It's been happening since slavery. It's been happening before the sands of, before I was here. I know it was happening, right? Where we align ourselves. And we think we're going to win when really we being set up for failure from off the gate. Mm -hmm. You this, this man attached himself to her because he knew that he needed the black vote. Let's just be honest. He The Democrats know that they cannot move forward without the black vote. So what did he do? He said, hey, I'm bolding, right? I don't even know if he ever liked her because to go and do something that vicious... Mm-hmm. That quickly and mm-hmm. disrespect this black woman like this who really set herself up for failure because she didn't have to attach herself to him because God still blessed her in the end, anyways, right? You know what I mean? Like, but sometimes we sacrifice ourselves and, and, and put our community on the chopping block, and then look what has happened. Because in my opinion, this was a plan all along. I, I, I believe that he knew that she probably wouldn't win, but he knew that he would get in those votes, you know? Mm-hmm. So we've mm-hmm. got to be careful. And what is this that I'm hearing about where people said, no, don't say that against him. He didn't mean that. He just was, you know, trying to um, say that. No, 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 no. He knew exactly what he was doing, exactly what he was doing right? Doing. Right. There needs to be a level of accountability. And, and, and why are we so willing to have conversations with people when we need action, right? Why are we willing mm-hmm. to sit down with folks and have a kumbaya, right, when we should be holding people accountable? I, I don't care. Like, this is the highest seat legally, lawfully in the state of Michigan. This seat, as the sister says, sets precedence for law in this state. And it's being shaped by those type of minds. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. We all should have been standing in concert demanding resignations, but nope. What happened? Well, I think that we should just have a meeting. I think that we should just come together. We got to stand in love. As a matter of fact, I had somebody come on my page. <laughs> Bless her heart. And she said, I don't think you got all the facts. And you know, and this is, I mean, she just laid her whole case out. So then I got to flipping through her page and I seen a bunch of pictures with him. I said, oh, oh, I said, okay, sis. I said, well, I ain't going to go back and forth with you because I understand that there's a level of bias there. You know what I mean? But I, I respect your, what you have to say and you, it's duly noted. 
but you 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 already off the rip singing his praises and people not being willing to hold hold him accountable for so for dr king weekend why we we shall overcome and why we yeah. lift every voice while we singing all that stuff we got to remember the number one thing that we need right now is accountability mm-hmm. accountability mm-hmm. and that is across the board first we must hold ourselves accountable because this has gotten like this because we have dropped the ball and then after we hold ourselves accountable and get back to the table, then we can begin to hold those accountable that are in these seats trying to make decisions for us without us. Yes. And you you know what? While we're doing that is knowing the tactics of separation that is used constantly, whether it's in the media or within any system, there is a tactic, tactical effort to separate. And when he said, I'm no longer going to talk to her, mm. I'm not going to communicate with her. He's already setting a divide within a court, a high court, the highest court. But he knows that he can. That's what my problem is with these random picks that it seems like that happens. Like, it's almost, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, we're going to put the black person on the bench, but it's really because they can almost be puppeted. It's not really that they're going to really make a dent, but we can say we have diversity on the bench. Mm -hmm. There's no Mm -hmm. real thought process like behind. I feel like if you haven't practiced a certain amount of years, you shouldn't be on the bench anyway. Not the little five years that people just wait out, but to actually practice and litigate and and know about clients and and care about the attorney's time. And it's a lot to it to be able to be a judge. They just like you waited out. And then now it's like Whitmer's putting people on the bench. And I don't think that she's putting the most qualified. There are a lot of qualified black attorneys that could be on the bench. Yeah, and and I also feel that there's a great disconnect. There's a great disconnect with Hemp Bernstein, and I think there's a great disconnect with the governor. Because when you're not connected to the people, you just think any black face would do. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's not any black face at this point. <laughs> it's not. Attorney Hugo Matt, we're gonna mute while you talk. We gotta mute you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, can you hear me? Okay, everybody nodding their head. I need to hear a voice because I want to be sure I'm being. Yes, yeah, attorney Matt, we hear you. Okay, 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 Trisha. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. No, no. Look, first of all, I don't know why my system has got to be turned off while everybody else's is on. I feel discriminated against, okay? You know, and I see one, two, three, four, five women and one man. What the hell? Where's Sam Riddle when I need him? So all I'm saying is is this. It's over, J-Love. It's over. We're not doing this in 2023, J-Love. I demand as a man on this panel to have equal rights with my sisters. I don't know why my phone got to be muted. I don't want to think y'all done sold out to the government on me. Please don't say that, please. J-Love, and please don't kick me off the show, please, please. Okay, so, but look, I want to apologize to you. I'm a little bit late because I had a client situation to deal with. 
But, you know, I do want to say this, that I agree what Sister Duckworth said. We have to have accountability. We can no longer allow somebody with a D behind their name, for Democrat, by the way, to think that when they get in, they know better than us about us, okay? And, and one thing I have to say, I'm disappointed in, 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 in Kyra Bolden-Harris. You know, I'm disappointed in her. Because to me, I would never have just stepped aside and let that man resign because it's like it's too much of a distraction. Sister, what is wrong with you? You are a distraction in the eyes of a lot of people in the state of Michigan. Your black skin, the bathroom you go in is a distraction, sister. So why, why, why are you the first to yield and let something like that happen? She should have told Bernstein, whether it was in English, Braille, Hebrew, uh, you know, all these kind of things. This is my choice. This person is qualified for this job. Everybody has got a past. We don't know what everybody has done. If you're like me, personal things about me became exposed. So that allows people to sit and judge. But God knows everything. You can't fool him. So I'm, I'm sorry that sister took the line of least resistance. I would have had much more respect for her if she'd have stood up and said, I'm here, I'm here to do a job, and this man will help me do a job. If you don't like it, your butt can resign, and McDonald's is always hiring. That part, let me give you this. That was a word right there. Let me just drop the mic for you right there. <laughs> McDonald's is hiring, okay? So get up out of, move your feet and get up out of that seat and go on over there and put that hat on. <laughs> Say, may I help you? you know, his his privilege allowed him to feel entitled. That's part. Mm. To yeah. step over her and say what he want to say and do what he want to do. Until everybody started getting mad about it. And he felt he, oh, he had a rude awakening because everybody wasn't going uh, um, about what he was talking about. Hello, Allie. Hello. Hey, y'all. Um, what's, what's going on? I'm uh, <laughs> Alexandria Hughes, a community organizer um, throughout the metro area. Uh, work with many community organizations, but um, some of the main ones are Michigan Liberation, Accountability for Dearborn, uh, App Corporate Foundation for Mental Health. And um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, there's been a lot going on this weekend, and I'll say on the point of, of what happened with the Supreme Court and what Richard Bernstein tried to do, an attempted public lynching is what he tried to do to Kyra Bolden. And um, I'll also say that he doubled down on his original decision before coming out and making an apology. Mm -hmm. It's important to note because it, it shows how the apology is fake. Uh, you thought about it, sat and thought about it, then doubled down, put out another article with Free Press and and, and expounded even more on, on your thoughts of your original points. And then once you got backlash from your colleagues, from elected officials, from activists, then you backtracked. Uh, <laughs> so that's even more reason why it, it, it's 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 uh, so much pushback as in that saying, no, apology is not enough. There is cause to resign. There were cause at the press conference to resign. There were cause for you to you to uh, put your money where your mouth is, donate, um, 
money to to help those that are wrongfully convicted, that were formerly incarcerated, that um, individuals who previously served time. Um, because it, apology not enough. We're not just about to move on and you just think you can do this and just disrespect black women like that was completely uncalled for. He he didn't do that to any of the other justices. And he got his information from Justice Viviano, who voted against uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion commission, commission on the Michigan Supreme Court last year. So, you know, he's been compromised. Right. He allowed the Republicans to get him all out his out his hiding place, <laughs> out his little square of who he and he came in, they just threw the rock and sat back and watched him, you know, throw it all out here. And they, you don't hear them saying nothing about, you know, the other Republican justices. They they let Bernstein do all the work. But then, you know, you're right, Ali, he did double down. He, They discussed about, you know, I think he was probably a little pissed because she swore him in, you know, she swore in the governor and he didn't. And he was, you know, not there or whatever the case it was. And I think he was a little bit pissed about that. So this was his opportunity of getting back with her. But what he did, he threw up a divide that is um, really terrible for the Supreme Court. Yeah. We're not talking about, you know, kangaroo court. We're not talking about the Wayne County Court, you know, um, right. 36th <laughs> District. We're talking about, you know, the Supreme Court. This is what's going on in the Supreme Court. Her first week. Scary. Exactly. Her first week. Didn't even get to do hiring. Didn't finish that. <laughs> and we don't know who Bernstein has as his clerks. We don't know. No who. clue. Nope. Um, nope. It could be his niece. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything. Nah, I'd be willing to bet that that person is probably a Bernstein, but I ain't. I'm just saying, though. <laughs> so I don't know, but I'd be willing to bet. But what I want to point out is, I, you know, you know, I'm all down for the activism. Let's call him out. But you know I, what I believe really happened? Because just like you said, Ali, he came back out and Jay, you said, he said, I said what I said. Mm -hmm. That's what that second article was. Him saying, I said what I said. Mm -hmm. And he got that phone call from his daddy, allegedly. Like, boy, you messing with my money now. <laughs> right. You messing with my money, you better put an apology out here. <laughs> I don't care nothing about this Supreme Court stuff. You better <laughs> stop messing with my money. Yeah, because people said they'll call Sam. I seen those posts. What? <laughs> what? So you messing with the long foundation of generational wealth that's been passed down through that family, son. So you better get up here and make an apology and try to make it right. So no, you don't go from being disgusted with somebody. You don't go from saying what he said about Pete Martell, bless his heart, talk about, I don't want to cause no trouble. I'm going to just leave Pete. God bless you. No, I love you, sir. But at the end of the day, this is much bigger than you. If you're yeah. watching if anybody yeah. watching that knows Pete, I tried to email him. He won't call me back. Pete, this is much bigger than you. Kyra, this is much bigger than you. Okay? We got to stop trying to build individual power and know that as we move, building collective power, that we cannot compromise ourselves. And yeah. that's what we keep doing over and over again. We keep compromising ourselves, getting in these seats, and then the, the collective gets scraps. Nah, we tired of scraps. We're tired of being compromised. We need people that are going to stand. 
Yes. And that's it right there, Trisha, because I think what we did notice, now there's some things that we need to look at that as soon as we came together, and Allie, I want you to talk about, uh, wasn't able to be at the meeting today, but I want to hear what is the, what are the next steps? Because we did act collectively. There were activists all over Michigan who came together and said, oh no, something has to be done now. Now, it may not have been done exactly how we wanted because I'm not into the apologies. I'm looking at the action. The other thing I need us to understand is how the idea or the consciousness in this world is always trying to have a one-up on somebody. And, and if you are thriving in that kind of consciousness, that's what's at play right here. Always trying to have a one-up. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm really better than her. I'm really, I'm supposed to be the one. And so he needed to, he needed to outshine her in that moment where she was getting more recognition and all the concentration was on her. So this was a consciousness. This was embedded in his mind. The thought process is what we need to look at. We need to change. We need to say to our own self, how do we do a one up on each other We need to stop it. And we need to come together and make change. As we came together, change happened. Now, I don't know how much further because if he was able to say that and his constituents didn't say anything, his colleagues, then we have that mindset right there at the Supreme Court level. Attorney Matt, we're going to mute first. And then you come on. Come on. Um, first of all, I agree with what Tia said and what Trisha and everybody else said. But you have to remember now, Kyra Bolden was appointed. She was not elected. So she's got to run. It's got to be within the next, what, two years or something for that, for that seat. And I think the mistake that she is making is in trying to be the person to, to go along, to get along. If the Republicans decide to put somebody strong against her, um, even though they're activists and people that have supported her and, and, and put Bernstein in check, I still get to the point of when I see a black woman on the highest court in the, in the state of Michigan, I want somebody that's going to show me I am willing to go against the trend. I am willing to go against the stream because if she is there and she's going to be, look, I don't want to ruffle no feathers. I'm here. You know, I just want to be able to be on this court. Then really, we we haven't gained anything. I mean, we've gained a woman, and that's nice in an abstract sense. We've gained a black person. That's nice in an abstract sense. But in a real sense, in a real sense, I'm sorry. Now I'm, now I'm starting to be a little skeptical of her. I really am. I, I really am. So, uh, you know, t time will tell. But remember, she's got to run again soon. So um, we're going to see how black people process this, you know, uh, because if she can't stand up from a man for a man coming out of a, the penitentiary and stand up for that man's rights and he's supposed to work for her, how do I think she's going to stand up for me who she doesn't know? I'm going to say really quick. I'm going to say really quick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm through. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, uh, I guess part of me understands why she didn't jump immediately to, to stand up for him, um, only because the media outlets uh, focused on Pete and on Bernstein, so they were they were giving the attention already to them, and nobody was paying attention to the fact that he disrespects disrespected a black woman on her first week of work. Um, the first one to, to be in the court. And I can I can say personally, I understand why she would be hesitant or more uh, more uh, like not as not as quick to respond, I guess, um, because of that, because all the media was looking at Bernstein's comments, looking at Pete and his harm, looking at which, again, is two white men. It is two white men. And they didn't say anything about how he painted the whole law enforcement against her. And she has to run for election again. So he knows what he's doing. Cause we know what that does uh, and what it can do, I guess. But like, I guess from that mm -hmm. aspect, I can kind of get why she would be not so immediate like to just respond, but a response is still good to have. So we know her thoughts, um, but, but yeah. Yeah, I respectfully disagree with that. Yeah, me too. I mean, she did give a statement, but it was okay. I'm just gonna accept it and I'm gonna respect that he's with I'm saying in that moment, she could have said, I'm gonna I respect what he's saying, but the door is always open. If he wants the job, I'm not gonna feel it till I know for sure this isn't something that he wants. What you're not gonna do is bully me and tell me exactly who I'm gonna have. Um that I oh, yeah, that works, now that I works agree. best with me. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like doing a press conference or a statement. Yeah, she did her statement. I feel like she should have left that and let people know that. Hey, this is if he wants to step aside, but it's not because I'm helping him. Because really what she did was co-signed because it was easier. Like she bowed out because it was easier for her to do to try to get this out of the media and to just get the attention off of her, which is scary, especially for us lawyers that have to go to that Supreme Court. And we try to change laws and we try to our job is to try to interpret it in a way that helps our clients. And we got somebody that looks like they'll just bow down as soon as somebody gives them pressure. That's what concerns me just as an attorney. It concerns me not just with her. I think a lot of the appointments that that Gretchen Whitmer, ha Governor Whitmer has made has just been a little in eh -eh for me. Yeah. Also, I, I was going to say, what if your that's your client? You know, what if they, they made it? He, well, they, he, Attorney Bernstein made it a point to say you know what he said about pete martell because he wanted to make it look like she was anti-police and he's for the police you know he made that he made it the first time and he made it the second time now in his apology he said well i shouldn't have been in your court you know so he knew exactly what he was doing it was very intentional it was very, his words was violent. I think his words was violent, especially when he said, I'm not talking to her. But and what about he, us attorneys, though, J-Love, who sue the police department all the time? Like, right. I sue DPD all the time. I sue the police all the time. Like, they know my name. So 
how do you like how do you reconcile that with us attorneys? Is that considered we're anti-police because we hold right. them accountable when they don't use excessive force or wrongfully convicted someone or wrongfully arrested them or a Monell claim because the department is just that jack? I mean, like, how do you how are you really like what are you saying? Because there's a lot of attorneys that that's what their base practice is. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, what it about boils down to is people that are building individual power and people that understand collective power. When you understand individual power, collective power, you move different because at the end of the day, you sit in that seat. You understand that the decisions you make aren't about you. They represent your people. They mm -hmm. represent you. And, 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 and you, now you got the limelight on you and you're not standing. You're not standing when we need you to stand most. To me, if you ain't standing when we need you to stand most, you ain't going to stand. You're going to always yeah. compromise and you will always put our head on the chopping block just so you can keep that seat and do the little good that you can do and throw the collective scraps in the meantime. All of these behaviors are great for an individual. Because they'll get that seat, they'll get what they're going to get, and they'll build that power, as much power as they can, before they remind you that you're black, because that, that happens, right? I don't care how high up you go, they're going to always remind you of who you are, so you may as well know who you are anyways and stand for something. Yeah. And these are laws that we're trying to bring up to date for us incarceration was a form of slavery like we're literally trying to we need people in there to to, to speed things up because we're already a hundred or so years behind when it comes to black people mm -hmm. and so that's this what, isn't a game to me when it comes to who's on the bench and i don't think people are taking it seriously enough as far as who is on the bench and that's like what, it's a career uh, for them no this is you can change the trajectory of people's lives being on this bench I was conflicted, like looking at it, because I was conflicted by this situation only because it's like you have people, they're saying equal justice under the law. And I'm thinking, is like under the law, is the law, is the law really just for black people? Look how many people is incarcerated. Look where it's rooted from. Look, there are things that are the same thing as they were 400 years ago, they just transformed. I mean, they just reformed themselves. Like, and I, so part of me is there. <laughs> the other part knows the Supreme Court is, is different from any other court in the state, meaning that they are elected, you know, they are, they make decisions for different courts, you know, reproductive rights. They just had the last decision on. So I know they have a lot of power and they're way different than the local courts. But it it what Bernstein did was it was it was like this is how it's working how it was intended the system you know it's working how it was intended and when you think about it in that way I see what Bernstein said just aligns with the the outcome that they wanted anyway so like you're not supposed to be here you should be in your place if if you you're incarcerated you're thrown away you don't get to be redeemed. Is is how he's talking. You should be punished, and nobody cares about you. Like that's how he was talking. So it it shows like how deep, deeply rooted the ideology is. The bias. So why we really aren't seeing any any like major shifts and transformation right. like that. It shows why we're not seeing it. He said that he there's other things he can do, 
outside of being a that uh, being a clerk is not one of them. Like you know, he is the authority to pick and choose of what people, what second chances get to look like and feel like. And <laughs> I'm like, who are you? And then right. he's the Supreme Court, and he's there for eight years. And they should, and because they're elected, and because they're in these spaces, we are supposed to hold them to a higher standard. We are, because he meant what he said. He meant that. He meant it. That's my problem. He's intensely pro-law enforcement. He's just like, just being like that. That is not good for black people. <laughs> that, that is not going to help us. Your body is showed it. He showed us the mindset. Now, what are we going to do? He showed us this is this is this is okay. This is what has been okay in my circle. This is what happens if you're eating. Like my grandmother used to say, "What is the saying? If you if you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. You scratch it <laughs> all over." Mm -hmm. It is what it is. It's up to us now. What are we going to do? Attorney Mac. Let's mute you guys. Go ahead, Attorney Mac. Go ahead, Attorney Mac. This is going to be the last week we have this problem. If I have to throw this computer out the window and go to Office Max and get me a new one, this is the last time I'm embarrassed in front of y'all. I mean that, J-Love. I mean that. So I don't know what the problem is. I've had my system checked like six times, and they say it's fine. So anyway... I vented about that. Now, now I can move on. And 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 the thing that really can I, I know I've said this before, but I'm telling y'all, do not be surprised if somebody strong runs against this lady. What, in, what is it? Two years or, or, or so where, where where she's got to, because now because of Mr. Bernstein, the police have got a target now. They've got a target. Okay. Whereas before it was somewhat innocuous because she came from like a. Uh, like a civil litigation out of Wayne County, sort of a of a background, but now they've got a target. And let me tell you the 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 genius, if you want to call it, with Bernstein. You all saw the flyers during the campaign where they campaigned together. I I I got in a little bit late in the conversation, so you probably talked about that. I got three flyers with both of their faces on it, campaigning together. So what does that do? It sends a message to black folks. Mr. Bernstein is all right. He's all right. He's supporting this black woman for judge. So we can go on and pull the lever for Bernstein, and we can pull the lever for Harris, but the problem is Bernstein has got his support base already. He tapped into Harris's support base, but the problem is Harris did not tap into Bernstein's support base. That's the problem right there. And that's classically what is happening to black people running for office with, with quote-unquote liberal Democrats. Because if Harris had tapped into Bernstein's support base, how come she didn't get as many votes as Bernstein? You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? How come she didn't? So what happened is Mr. Bernstein, and I understand all judges are politicians, by the way. Anybody who runs for office to get elected is a politician. Let's not forget that. So what Mr. Bernstein did... He had his base, his community, and he got the black folks to go along with him because they got the nod with uh, with uh, with uh, Miss Bolden there. But he also knew the Republican is it is it Sahara, the Judge Sahara that was that was that was the one on the ballot also. Is that is is, is that him? Okay. See, I think everybody knew that he wasn't. He's an incumbent. 
the odds were he's not going to get voted out. He he's not going to get voted out. Ninety nine percent of incumbents get reelected. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So what I'm saying is, so it really helped Bernstein much more than it helped Harris, because uh, excuse me, uh, uh, excuse me, Ky Kyra Bolden, because she was the long shot to begin with. To begin with, so while Gretchen Whitmer did in fact appoint her, now she's appointed her with a bullseye on her back. And that's thanks to Mr. Bernstein. You notice it wasn't Republicans that said it. It wasn't none of the Republican judges that said it. It, it was it was a Democrat that said it. So there we go. That's why it don't matter what. <laughs> that was the Democratic Party. What Bernstein say in that article? I'm a Democrat as a reasoning point like oh i'm i'm don't don't be mad at me i'm a democrat as if that was going to change our feelings on him after, and as he progressed to call Kyrie disgusting um you know it, it's reason why you we have to look into these candidates we have to know who we're voting for we we have to keep our head on a swivel as my mom would say <laughs> always cuz you never know whether these people gonna flip what they really believe if it's for, if, if they really believe it because it's true to their values and who they are, or if they just believe in it uh, for some connections and money and power uh, until it doesn't, until it doesn't agree with that anymore. And then they'll flip. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I ain't no Bible thumper. Right. <laughs> but the scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is in you, is coming out of you. That's why for me, you can take your apology and shove it if you're watching, sir, right? Because you spoke loud and clear two separate times. The second time you came back very disrespectfully and said, I said what I said. That mindset never changed. We've got to stop being willing to forgive things, right? That not, not the person, right? But the actions. You can forgive it, but you've got to hold it accountable because if you don't, you're teaching a lesson. You're perpetuating a long lesson that we ain't going to do nothing and we ain't going to stand when somebody do something to us. We're going to cower down. We're going to find. So I heard somebody tell me this. You know, the system ain't going to never change. We just going to have to find a way around it. There's no way around it. There's no way under it. There's no way around. There is no way. We have got to stand together, right? Because I think that's the problem. That's what we just seen here. I didn't make it to the meeting, but I got all kind of calls about the meeting. And there, uh, some folks want to have a kumbaya. Some folks want to forgive. Some folks want to put his head on the chopping block. Not literally. Some folks wanted him to resign. Some folks wanted to have a meeting. We are so divided as a people. We can't even come together and be clear when atrocities happen to us. If we can't do that, we will never, ever, ever get what we need. We in our own way. We in our own way. And we got to get out of the way and stop allowing ourselves to, to perpetuate slavery. Because again, this goes back to slavery days. This is the same tactics that were used to conquer and divide us. And when, when, we, when we allow people to conquer and divide us, they win. But when we come together and we fight together, that's we when win. we make some headway. So that's what the semi-truck drivers did. Remember when they 
Um, the semi truck driver was in an accident and they gave him like a hundred years, right? And the semi truck drivers came together and they said, Hey, that stretch is a really bad stretch, right? And they organized and they all on they all came together for the same um problem, the same issue. They organized, they literally shut the state down. When nobody getting no food, no nothing, nothing was going to happen. And the man ended up getting from 10 years, from 100 years, right? So when people say, you know, we can't do stuff and we can't, nothing's going to change. And yes, you can. That was literally our blueprint that we should take up and use for change, right? But we have to be, you know unfearful. We are so fearful of what people might think and say, right? Or what, you know, the other person is thinking, or or we want an apology, or we want to figure out how they can give us some money to make it go away, or whatever. And then these people with these same mindsets are still in these seats. They're still doing stuff. And it might, you know, this issue might be, you know, wiped away or quiet down, but then something else is going to come up and then something else. And it continues, like you said, Trisha, it continues the cycle. So while we have the opportunity to make change, this is what we're supposed to do. This is literally what this weekend is all about. This holiday is what it's all about. And if we don't take the opportunity to reconnect to who we are and what we're about, we stay lost. Go ahead, Revitia. Yeah, I, you know what? We must not only unite, but we must really look at who are our leaders and are they really humanitarian? Do they really believe in all humanity? And it's it's beyond the color of skin. It's beyond it. It's it's it, because this mindset is woven into people of all colors. And then they show up. But if we don't, if we don't hold them accountable, and holding them accountable meaning means that just like he said he wasn't going to talk to her, we we don't talk to him. It's simple. You know, when you're little, you get it. Children get it. If you're mean to me, we can't be friends. <laughs> it's a very simple concept. I'm not gonna, it is psychotic. Well, I don't want to say psychotic, but it means that you have extremely low self-esteem. <laughs> if you continue in an abusive relationship mm. and we are in this relationship, a government, a governmental relationship, we're in a justice judicial relationship and we need to ask ourselves, is it dysfunctional? We're in a dysfunctional relationship. And we keep trying to make a system that is broken, that should not be, that was built upon the backs of other people. We keep trying to make it work. We should have been outraged, not talking to him, making sure that he resigned. But we didn't get mad enough. Because we 
Because we shall overcome. We <laughs> you know what? I seen I think somebody in the chat, I think it was my brother Dion. He said, Where do we go from here? Not only should we not be talking to him, we should have been not letting him talk to nobody else. We should have been in his courtroom disrupting, right? Like civil disobedience, whatever it takes by any means necessary. Right. These are some of the things that we're going to have to start doing. Right. We got to up the ante when it comes to how we're doing activism. It takes all of those different forms of it to bring about change. You disrupt his court. Think about it. One person stand up. They push them out. I mean, we could go through this all day. They could try to proceed. Somebody else stand up and just disrupt. Go. We could go through this all day. Right. We yeah. have allowed him the opportunity not to do his job. See, when it comes to that type of stuff, the key is providing the nuisance. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like nuisance that they don't want. And they mm -hmm. got to figure out how do we stop this? We show up and do that every day. They would know that they would have to do something or else we go to determine. But you know. so, so a few things I wanna I wanna say answer to where the where we go from here and then something else. Um Oh yeah, the comment the guy said in the chat. Um, so there isn't another meeting set yet, um, but when that is available, um, I will post about it um, so I can share that meeting information. Uh, also um, setting up a meeting with um, Justice Bernstein, as well as uh, uh, sharing the list of demands with public, which came from members of the public and um, pursuing those lists, that list of demands. Um, yeah, I'll say that's it for now. Um, some of the demands do go to the governor. Um, so some of them are just to the governor and to other elected officials that are state elected officials. Because uh, if they wanna, we need more people about action and not just mouthpieces because there's a lot of elected officials who are talking about the issue against Bernstein but you can use your actions to stop this from ever happening again, which is why some of the demands include stuff that they need to do <laughs> and stuff that women need to do. Um, but yeah, so I'll also say too, uh, we gotta get unified. I'm gonna put it like that. There's a lot of people who talk and, and there's not enough people boots on the ground. There's a lot of women in these circles. I have to call it out. I'm sorry. There's a lot of women in these circles. Not enough men and non-binary individuals. I want to see all of that represented because, it, you know, I'm all for doing all these things, but it, it can't be just some of us making the calls and emails and organizing the protests. It needs to be some other people that some of these mouthpieces, because I like resign, but you're not organizing the protest. I agree, but I need you to help me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. I want to read um, our Lisa's comment here. Almost 60 years later, and our criminal justice system is still plagued by too many of the systemic problems Dr. King condemned. Racial inequality abounds at every point of the justice system, from arrest rates to incarceration. People of color are overpresented. <clears throat> this is not because they committed more crimes. It is because of system inequalities 
that disproportionately punish people of color. Exactly. And so as we have this conversation, right? And how Justice Bernstein, I'm getting tired of saying his name, but as uh, Justice Bernstein pointed out about um, Peter Martell, uh, uh, Martell, if I'm not saying his name correctly, but how um, he um, took and he ran on the platform of second chances and then took it all away in one breath. And so I was uh, in one of those Zoom meetings and I was listening to how, you know, a lot of the activists uh, were saying that the uh, people who are um, formerly incarcerated are now, you know, becoming one of the biggest voting blocks. And so, you know, when you're looking at that, because Michigan, we have a high, you know, we're not in the one, two, three, but we're up there. And in regards to how many people we are incarcerating in this state for way longer period of times for crimes, you know, the same amount of crimes. And so we have to look at that. People come home. People come home and they, um, you know, they're looking for the opportunity to, you know, live their life, <laughs> to be prosperous and productive. And when you have Supreme Court justices sitting in these positions, for eight years with this type of mindset, it's very hurtful to not only them, but to the rest of the community. It's hurtful to all of us. And we had to, you know, come together and look at that, you know, what's being said, how it's being said, who is saying it. We have to be more responsible with our, you know, not as we call them out because they need to be responsible with their words. We need to be responsible at who we vote for. You know, was said earlier, you know, we have to stop with this name recognition, you know, because we've been calling Sam for years. So we everybody know the name Bernstein is, you know, when you see that name, you automatically know who it is. And so we because Sam, you know, we see him. He's up in age now. So, we, you know, people in Detroit love Sam, you know, slip and falls. So, you know, dog bites, all of that. So we have to just do a homework not just because of somebody past behavior or you know other lawsuits that we won or whatever the case is and be honest with ourselves about who we looking at who who is going to represent us uh attorney um pamela campbell do you have something to add I would just add that um, we have to stop getting comfortable. I think that we start riding the wave where we're okay. And then every time that happens, then we get a Bernstein to remind us, stop being so comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, that's pretty much what just happened. And the legal system is very important. And, and Bernstein does know that incarcerated, those that are wrongfully incarcerated and come out, they stick together. We all pretty much know all the ones because they're they'll show up. Now they show up for each other. They're unified. They have a commonality that none of us can never understand what they went through. So they lean on each other. And then you have those that were, you know, incarcerated that may have come out and they're coming out and they want to, you know, second chance. They've done their time and they're trying to live their life. That voting base is very 
very important. And you know it's important because you have so much gerrymandering where now, like they try to make it where wherever they're incarcerated is where they reside so that they can take away, especially from Detroit and put it in all these different places. So now those little cities can get their votes. That's how important it is that that gerrymander is a very serious problem that we have in the city of Detroit. So I really believe that we need to um, unity is absolutely important. And just like I said, getting getting comfortable like we cannot we cannot afford to get comfortable. We're too many years behind. We're not too different than what King was even talking about. Right. 60 years later, we're still having mm -hmm. these conversations. 60 years. We still here. Yeah. Tony Matt, go ahead. We're on mute. Okay. I'm sorry, but I've got to get back to Justice uh, Bolden. I'm sorry. You know, Nat Turner was killed primarily because the House Negroes told them where he was, okay? They were comfortable in their enslavement and viewed him as the other, okay? And all I'm trying to say is, colleagues, what has Justice uh, Bolden learned from this? Now, all of y'all, us, standing up for her as a black woman, as we should, as a person that was disrespected, as she was, as she was, a taint on black people, as it was, as it was. But I'm telling you, I need to see this woman stand up. I do. Because all that shows me if she's quiet, then that means she's become an institutionalist. In other words, it's more important to maintain the institution of the Michigan Supreme Court than it is to stand up for justice, okay? And so I'm I'm increasingly more concerned. I heard what our colleague uh, Alexander said about you know, maybe she didn't want to make a comment right now, but she got to say something. She got to say something because I don't know if we should put ourselves on the line to protect and defend her when she is sitting back being mute and we're the frontline people taking them shots, uh, 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 figuratively, figuratively. Okay. So, you know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, please, please. But I'm getting increasingly more skeptical that she has become an institutionalist and ain't been on the job a month. She was a part she of the machine before this even happened. Obviously, you don't just switch like that, right? You know, when you're a part of the machine, when you get in these seats, you do what the machine says do. Or you know that you'll lose in the end, right? And so, you know, for me, it's that we've got to, really as we mobilize and move forward we've got to start grooming our own folks like the sister said here you know how many amazing attorneys who really stand and i think deidre said it best in the chat we need a pit bull when it comes to a lawyer if you ain't on that pit bull i got a pit bull right he, he you know well he's a puppy so he ain't that vicious yet right but <laughs> You know, we need folks who are going to stand in that in that seat, especially representing some of the things that that we need. Um, I forgot who said it, but Michigan is one of the strongest states as far as returning citizens are concerned. Hello, nation outside Michigan liberation, like 
all of these agencies that are working to build and all the headway that has been made for returning citizens in the state of Michigan, that was a disrespect to the entire movement of mm -hmm. building for returning citizens. Mm -hmm. It was a disrespect. So that's why I'm saying with Mr. Martell and with Justice Bolden, it's so much bigger than them. And they're not saying anything. They're mute and they, they think that it's about them. And that's what also lets me know that their loyalty is to the machine and not to us, the people. Because when your loyalty is to the people, you will stand at all costs, even if you lose. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Rabbitia. Yeah, I was, I was pointing because I'm like, yes, because... You know, what well, the thing is, I, I said it over to the side here, is that um, a lot of times people get in certain positions and they're so used to grinning and bearing it and, and taking it. And because we were taught, people were taught, that's how you make it. That's how you, that's how you, that's how you get, that's how you get known. That's how you make it. You got to make it. You got to, that's how you make it in the world. You got to, I, I, you know, I, I've heard before you. You've got to smile. You got to smile and grin and bear it, and and you got to fake it till you, till you get to a certain level. Mm -mm. And you know we have to realize that the the level is false. You don't really get there. You don't get there. There's no level to get to. You you're grinning and bearing it, and people are still continue to suffer. Our courts. People are still continuing to, to have to be wrongfully convicted because mm -hmm. we're grinning and bearing it. And we're just trying to make money for ourselves. And so, yes, it's about the machine, sad to say. And it's not about the people. And so there's no more, there's no more room for faking it till you make it because there's no such thing as make it. Because mm -hmm. if you're just trying to make it, then you've, thinking about yourself and then if you are just thinking about yourself you are in a position that is supposed to be serving the people and then you're in the wrong position and that's why we have to make people accountable that's why we got to know how to vote and like Ali was saying how do we come together what do we need to do and I'm you know I think as we put this on our own sites what's the action plan I want to end with something. Uh, I'll, I'll end on this. Um, so I recently took a visit to the Whitney Plantation in Louisiana. And at the Whitney Plantation, there's something called uh, the box where enslaved people, black people would go when they tried to run away or they disrespected their so-called masters or, you know, just got out of line. It was in the Louisiana sun, it was hot. It was a, a rectangle like, short rectangle uh, room with bars, very much so like a prison, but very tiny. And they had to sit or stand in there in a hot sun, Louisiana sun all day. That was the punishment. And they were secure, locked in there. Um, couldn't come out. That, uh, and you have that. And in prisons today, you have something called solitary confinement. And slang for solitary confinement is the whole. And 
the whole, so I'm, what I'm saying is the hole used to be the box. It is still the box and it is still impacting the same people. You still see government data shows black people are most impacted by incarceration as of 2022. You can see that on the Federal Bureau of Prisons website, it shows you right there. So I mentioned that because I want us all to think about whether or not we're focusing on the right cause, whether or not how we're going about it is correct. Are we going about it in a reformist fashion where we are just changing the shape of something that already exists and keeping all its elements? Or are we trying to transform it into something that, that is, has elements of compassion, healing, and accountability versus punishment and throwing someone away? Ali, I have to agree with you. And, and we still had the bots in 2023. Uh, we just had someone in Alabama. Um, they literally um, cooked them to death in, um, in an Alabama prison. So when um, Revetia talks about, you know, we can't fake it. No, we can't fake it. We can't shuck and jive no more. The cost is too great. Um What's going on now? We have to be able to stand up. We have to be able to come together. We have to be a king. We have to have a king mindset and a king consciousness in order to make change happen today, tomorrow, for our children of tomorrow. It's just not about us right now. It is for, for tomorrow. We can't wait. We don't, we don't have another 244 years. That's when King was talking 60 years ago. He in the video I played earlier when we first came on, he was then was 244 years ago. So we don't have another 300 years to shuck and jive and have meetings and you know sub polity. We need people who are going to stand up and to make change because change is necessary, right? And we can't be afraid. It's okay to, to stand up for what's right every day. It's a lifestyle. It's a, you know, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. And on that note, um, uh, Trisha, do you have something to leave us with? You good? Just one thing. Okay, go ahead. Stan. Yes. Attorney Hugo Matt. Well, the only other thing I have to say, I agree with everybody, but just another shameless plug, J Love. I didn't get a chance to put it in earlier. Oh, yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll just say, say it here at the end, you know. If you find that hoopity on Trouble Boulevard, toe, push, pull, jump that hoopity on Mac Street. Mac Street is your hookup. Park in my private parking lot. The Freedom Line, 734-239-3118. 734 That's your hookup, and I love you. You're on mute. Attorney Pamela Campbell. 
<laughs> well, hey, let me plug my firm, A55. <laughs> A55 Pamela, too. If you guys have any uh, personal injury, if y'all don't do too much criminal except for helping people get out of prison and the federal uh, 1983 cases. But yeah, maybe we can help you out. Thank you so much for having me here for this important conversation. Yes, thank you. And uh, Rabbitia. Well, since we're doing plugs, let me see. <laughs> Thechoicezone.com. And I am a life coach and part of the 10G100. One is in wisdom, along with be, being a behavioral interventionist and standing on other platforms for social justice. I'm telling you, call me, but definitely, definitely, if you need change within, I'm the girl. Yes, Ravatia. <laughs> so we just want to remind everybody, you know, this is the weekend to tap into Dr. King and be a king, not for just a day, not for, you know, even this weekend, but for 2023, we're not doing this this year. We're going to make change and we're going to start off by being a king. And also it is our duty to fight for our freedom. It's our duty to win. We must love and support each other because we have nothing to lose but our chains. I want to thank you guys for joining us. I didn't even say Happy New Year. This is our first show for the new year. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week. We have some really great um, um, shows coming up, so hopefully you guys are be here to um with us and also attorney pam um campbell we you always welcome to come back and join us whenever you free <laughs> thank you